Hi, I'm Amber. I'm Melissa. And you're listening to the AM Podcast. Today we are reviewing the K-drama Penthouse, so we're going to start with the synopsis. The residents of Hera Palace, a luxury penthouse apartment with 100 floors, have many secrets and hidden ambitions. Shim Su Ryun, who was born into wealth, is the queen of the penthouse apartment. Chun So Jin, the prima donna of the residence, does all she can to give everything to her daughter. Oh Yoon Hui comes from a poor family background, but she strives to enter high society by becoming the queen of the penthouse, the pinnacle of success in her eyes. So that's the synopsis. Um, so we're just going to go straight into discussing the characters and their development. And so we're going to start with Shim Su Yun's family. And so what did you think about her development, Melissa? Um, you know, I think the, I felt like at first um, Su Ryun seemed really like kind of fragile and a little bit naive. Um, it seemed like, you know, she really just cared, all she cared about was, I don't know, she seemed to, like, have, like, a rosy kind of outlook on her life, it seemed like, at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how we're, we're, like, it seemed like she felt like her husband was a good guy, and, like, and all she cared about was her, her sick daughter, and that was, like, it seemed like that was, like, her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on, you know, we see that's not tip- the case, and we see a completely different side to her. Um, and, you know, she's, we see her kind of being very manipulative, um, but anyways, and and she's being very, like, stealthy and, like, manipulative, um, but at the same time, fooling everybody with thinking that she's, like, this super sweet, like, person and, and who doesn't really know anything, um, and I feel like all of that, um, that side of her was brought out particularly when her daughter died. So I'm guessing, you know, she was motivated, motivated by her daughter's death. And I just want to say, like, I agree with you. And I also want to mention that um, you said that she was fooling people when she found out and she was being manipulative. And I feel like everything worked against her because I feel like people viewed her as being, I, I wouldn't say, like, not dumb, but just, like, oblivious to everything. Yeah, and that's the word. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't know what was happening. Um, and she was also oblivious to the type of man she married. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that man is evil. Um, but, I mean, like you mentioned throughout, you were talking about her being manipulative. Like, she, she could be just as calculated as her husband. Um, if she when she put her mind to it, and so yeah, I mean, I liked her character. Her character to me had the most, had the like, I guess the major flip in this drama because before I thought she was very naive and fragile, but it comes to find out she's actually pretty strong and smart, and like she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you have anything else to say about? Um, nope. So moving on to the next character, we're going to talk about. Judante. Um, so Melissa, what'd you think? So yeah, from the beginning, I thought he was an a-hole, and at the end, I still felt that way. He was just very now he was very like you mentioned, like Shim Suryon could be calculating and manipulative, um, like her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he but she but I feel like with her she she had like a purpose and like a motivation behind it. He was just evil for no reason and he was just greedy and he was mm-hmm. just an awful, awful, awful person. And yeah, I hated his character. And I think that's all I have to say about the development. He was a you know, but I will say since in the beginning, they tricked you. He tricked you for that one like that few those few seconds, I think, in the beginning. I think it may have been like the first episode before we find out that he's like having an affair or is about to embark on an affair with Sojin. Um, he seems like like him and his wife, they showed up at the dinner party. I feel like it was the first episode. I could be wrong. It's either the first or the second episode yeah, where they show up at the dinner party and they seem like the perfect penthouse couple. And then a few minutes later, we see him uh, trying to kiss up on a Chun So Jin, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like from that, so from the beginning, like it's like for like those few seconds, we think, oh, they're like a, the perfect couple or whatever, but then we find out they're not, no. and he's just like every other vile, like I don't know, men, the men who cheat on their wives, like he's one of those guys, and I'm like, oh, I'm so disappointed. Anyways, that's all I have to say. Sorry. Um, I agree with you. And I think it's cool that you mentioned the dinner party because I feel like that was supposed to give us a glimpse into how good he is at putting on a facade in front mm. of the people that he needs to and how to gain the trust of those around him. So I thought that was like really interesting. I agree with you on everything you just said. But I also think he's just... He's just crazy. The man, like, there's there's something going on up in his head because he is just crazy. And I think he he's, like, you were explaining, like, I feel like he's the epitome of what I would imagine the worst rich person to be. Mm-hmm. Like, and just how he's never satisfied with what he has. He always wants more and he wants to get it by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Um but I will say, I also love the way that he is always, like, 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I don't really love evil characters, but, like, I feel like this is the first evil character that I actually was curious about, like, oh, what will he, what will he do next? Or how, how is he going to ruin their plan? Because there's so many times when people thought they have outsmarted him but he's like I already knew you were going to do that and I'm 20 steps ahead of you and so he has all this stuff laid out and so I'm just curious like when they were making plans I was like okay but how is he going to combat that because I know he already knows and so I feel like in throughout this drama you don't see him ever like waver when something happens he's just like (laughs) you thought that was going to stop me I already know what was about to happen so watch this so like that's That's how I always felt about him and it's just crazy because he keeps pulling in women like it's nothing and then just using them thank you like I don't understand like I'm honestly I'm sitting here throughout this whole series like really what is so like intriguing about this man that makes women want to just flock to him yes I don't I don't get it is it the power is it the fact that he does like so think ahead I guess I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm really, I'm just really baffled. I'm just sitting here thinking like her too, her too, her too. Like, I don't know. And he's the only character, male character in this drama, at least. Yeah. At least in the, in the, well, in the first one, at least 
where like who has pulled so many women i don't know yeah and not not just pulled them but like got them to be part of his plan like that's and and what's crazy about this is which which is why i always why i say i like that he's always 10 steps he like knows how to work each woman and then make them as like perfect pawns in his plan but then also with each other and he just he just knows how to feed off of i guess everybody's greedy wants and needs so i don't know it's just crazy but the man's evil I feel like it's also like their insecurities. He preys on their insecurities mm-hmm. and like, yeah, and uses it to uh, his advantage. Yeah. Okay, I talked about him a lot, so that's all I had to say about him. Do you have anything else to say? No, I don't have anything else to say about him either. It's just I guess we have a lot to say because he's one of the like central like characters. So that is true. Um. Okay, so we're going to move on to his son, Jusok Hoon. Um, and so I think that his character, he took on being the protector for his sister. And, um, and I guess throughout this series, I, I felt like he had a lot on his shoulder for being in like middle school, going into high school. Um, and I was also curious because I feel like he, he had like a soft spot in his heart for people, but he felt like he had to be tougher because of like how his life was. And I was wondering what kind of person he would be if he didn't have the type of dad that he did. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious about that. But um, yeah. So what you think, Melissa? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I guess for me in the beginning, he seemed like a very entitled, but like very, very smart, like mm-hmm. brat, <laughs> I guess. Um, I definitely do see uh, I do see him um, that I do see, I guess, that he was uh, served as like this, uh, served as a protector for his sister. But I also feel like he was also like her enabler because it was very clear in the beginning that she was not a very good student and they um, he helped her cheat on tests and things like that. And so I was like, Ugh. I don't know. I just feel like he just en- also enabled her to not do well for herself mm-hmm. like on and like get good grades like on her own like merit which was kind of annoying um but maybe that's maybe he felt like he had to do that to i don't know because he was her they were twins right yeah because he was her brother i guess her twin brother um but yeah in the beginning um he just seemed like very entitled and he was a big bully um but throughout um, I think we start to see him shift into this mindset where it's like he's like acknowledging the fact that he was a bully. Like I feel like I'm thinking about towards the end when um they uh when Logan, one of the other characters, when Logan like kind of trapped them in this room mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't know, I just feel like there was a there was a shift somewhere. I don't know if it's when he found out that he liked Rona but it's like he started to acknowledge that yeah you know I I was a bit of a brat I am a bit of a bully and he it seemed like he want like you said maybe he had a soft spot I don't know for I don't know who for for Rona or for I don't know it just feels like he started to regret his this his decisions or his actions to to bully um uh, Sola 
um, towards the end. And I started to basically just like him a lot more towards the end. Because yeah. I feel like some of the other kids, they're just like, oh, she deserved it or whatever. Like, they never really, like, regretted bullying her, which is so sad. But I felt like he was the only character where, like, he started to change, which was good. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, I also wanted to mention that I think also towards the end, I feel like he, I know at first he was being the protective protector of his sister, but I feel like he started living for himself because I feel like he was mm. always so focused on her and not making, I mean, I guess not making his own decisions. And I say that in air quotes um, and always just following what she said, like with their whole plan to, to make, oh. um, Unbuel jealous of him liking um Ro- Ro- Reina? Rona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry guys, these names. Um so I feel like I don't know. I think at the end of the day, that's when he started liking her because he was pretending to like her, but she she was so nice that he was like, Oh wait, not everyone's like that. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, okay. But anyways, yeah, so this was a shift in his character towards the end. Um, But yeah, anything else you have to say about him? Um, No, I just, I liked him. Okay. (laughs) So moving on to his sister, um, Ju Sok Kyung. Um, Let's see what you think about her. Um, So I thought she was definitely a brat in the beginning. Of course, yeah. Um, And, but I feel like this was also um, due to the fact that her home life was just so awful. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I guess, you know, I mean, like, her dad was terrible. was a pretty terrible turn. I mean, the relationship with their parents, with her dad particularly, was just so strange to me because it was, like, he didn't, I didn't feel like he loved them. I felt like he was only doing things for them in order for them to make him look better. And so I could understand why, to some extent, why she was a bit of a brat because I felt like she was also just looking for attention. Um, but I feel like even though she had such a bad home life, she shouldn't have, she didn't need to make other people around her miserable because Mm -hmm. misery, you know, there's a saying that I can't remember right now about misery Misery loves company. company. Yeah. Misery loves company. (laughs) Um, and I feel like that's like, was her like story. Um, so yeah, I think in this so like I feel like in this season, I guess she was basically a bride in the beginning and a bride in the end. But I feel like there was also reasons, like internal reasons, I guess, for her for as to why she was the way she was. But it doesn't change the fact that she was so a brat to me. But yeah, what about you? Um, I would like to like piggyback off of what you were saying. I kind of I fully understand why she felt unloved because. Like, like we mentioned, um, Dante was totally crazy and he would like beat his kids and, and not like a little like, oh, you did bad. Let me just like tap you on the wrist. Like, no, he had like a whole torture chamber type thing set up and he would really hurt his kids. And I feel like that's not love. And she would know that that's like, this can't be normal. So I feel like growing up in that environment, I guess she just felt she felt unloved and then I could also see why that would transfer over into her being mean to other people and try to make them feel miserable because maybe like 
she feels like her dad's miserable making her miserable and it's just it's just a chain reaction i guess what i'm trying to say so yeah so i agree with everything you just said um and i feel like she also did because she knew she wouldn't get in trouble for doing the things she did because her like you said before like he he wanted to look good so he's gonna make sure his children don't make him look bad and so he's gonna do whatever he needs to do in order to cover up what they're doing and so yeah but also, I think she was a really good manipulator of people. And to me, she was like the brains of the operations whenever she was trying to manipulate someone. And her brother would always back her up. And he was kind of like the muscle behind it all. But he was also really smart. But for some reason, when it came to her, he just kind of like followed whatever. And just kind of went with the flow when it was with her. So, yeah. Um, got anything else to say about her? Nope. Okay. So moving on, we're going to go to Chun So Jin's family. And we're going to start with Cho So Jin. Um, she crazy. Y'all, she's crazy as crazy can be. <laughs> I felt like through this entire season, she was always like teetering on the edge of like snapping and holding herself together. And I don't, it made me uneasy. Every time I saw her, I just felt uneasy because I didn't know what we were going to get um and I felt like she was very selfish and did what she needed to do to get what she wanted uh kind of like Dante but not as ruthless like I feel like she still had somewhat of a conscious you know but she still did (laughs) she still did what she needed to do like when she um when she slit um Yunhui's throat at the beginning with the trophy just because like she knew that she was better than her and that she really didn't deserve the trophy to begin with um and she just like attacked her so but then then she turned around and made it seem like she was being attacked and put her blood all over her so like I said she just tried to make it seem like I don't know like she was always better or at times she knew how to make it seem like she was the victim and so overall she's just very crazy and selfish so yeah what did you think, Melissa? Um, I agree with everything you just said as well. <laughs> she's so crazy. She's yeah. she's she's yeah. I think yeah. To in, from my perspective, yeah. I I think she was evil in the beginning, and then towards the end, she didn't change. She was still evil. Yep. And um, and I felt like she was covering up her like evilness or her craziness by always claiming that everything she did was for the sake of her child. But I feel like that was just an excuse because like you said she did whatever she needed to do to get what she wanted and but she was but I don't know but I mean like but I guess to an extent some of the things but I feel like just like Trudante she was would do things for her child to make her look better Mm mm-hmm like how she manipulated her uh, the system for her in order for her daughter to get into the Chonga school anyways when clearly her daughter sucked right. um okay she didn't suck I'm just, that's harsh she messed up on the on the exam but um but I mean she did all that because she wanted herself to look better she wanted her family to look better and like if her daughter didn't get in 
what good was she like as a mother and as like a chair not she wasn't well uh, as a mother and like as the the head of the music arts department or whatever she was she, I think she was a, a teacher just a, I think she might have just been the head of the department of music or something yes I believe okay. so yeah I think she was just at the, the the department head at the time. So, but anyways, yeah. And so, and I felt like throughout the whole season, you definitely saw how her deeply rooted childhood traumas mm-hmm. carried over into her adulthood and affected the way that she cared for and mothered her own child. Um, and she like, it's like she transferred her insecurities especially with Oyunhui to her daughter and pitting her daughter against Perona I'm struggling with the names too (laughs) but um and it's just it was so sad just her character is sad to me and like and I knew she was crazy from what when you were talking about when she slit Yunhui's throat and then put the blood on her. I was like, this girl's crazy. Yeah. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> and, like, she would have been fine leaving her to die, I'm pretty sure. Yep. In that room if no one had come in, checked on her. And I'm surprised she even got to a hospital. I'm surprised she didn't just die right there on the spot um, when her throat was cut. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't just it's because you were talking about like always really uneasy seeing her and I'm just thinking about like I didn't know what it was but I think that was it for me too like <laughs> she like every time I, I think it was the eyes too and the way she always just looking around she just looked nervous all the time mm-hmm. and she just always looked like like I was like I was just waiting and I was just waiting for her to break like every almost every scene anytime something bad happened I was like oh no she's something bad is gonna happen but yeah she definitely made me feel pretty uneasy too but it's just how as, as um how good of an actress i guess the lady is yeah um yeah i think that's all it was that's all that that was that that was kind of a lot so but yeah that's that's what i thought about her character yeah and i just kind of want to piggyback on what you just said about the actress like it's so crazy because she can make herself go from like angry to mad to sad back to happy and it's just like but it's all in the like the time span of like three seconds, so it's just like you have to yeah. be a great actress to be able to pull that off. So yeah, I just wanted to you know give her praise for that one because she did good. Um, so moving on, we're gonna talk about her husband Ha Yoon Chul. Um, what did you think, Melissa? I thought he was a weak character. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like he was just a weak person, and I mean I I guess uh, I'm just annoyed from the beginning of that he chose Chun So Jin over Oh Yoon Hui because clearly Oh Yoon Hui had his best interests like at heart because I feel like I think they even mentioned how I think she was using her money from like working at when she was working at her job to help him pay for medical school mm-hmm. and I just I'm just so confused I don't know I felt like well okay so Chun So Jin's father like gave him a scholarship or whatever and so I don't know if he thought that taking that scholarship was gonna be less of meant that it was less of a burden for Oyun Hui because she was using her hard-earned money to help him through medical school and I don't know if that's why I just I just keep coming back to why he chose her over 
the other lady because because I feel like okay they offer you a scholarship but don't you understand that with that comes like strings and attachments and now you're stuck with this crazy lady forever raising a crazy daughter mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just I'm just I was just annoyed at how weak of a character he was and like <laughs> I was just I just remember just being I was really annoyed with him um and he wasn't even that cute all this drama <laughs> over this man was not even that cute. I mean, if he was like cute, maybe I don't. Okay, anyways, <laughs> what about you? Um, I agree with everything you just said, but I also think I don't think it was a matter if she if um Sojin found him cute or not. I think it was just <laughs> the fact that Yunli had him because she yeah I don't know she wanted everything. I don't know if she wanted everything that she had, but she just. She didn't want her to be happy. And so by taking him away, she knew that, you know, she wouldn't be happy. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, he's weak. I mean, when I say weak, I mean, he's weak. Like, weak-minded. He, he no. Okay, I could go in, but I, I'll, I won't. <laughs> and, oh, go ahead. I just, because then I didn't, I didn't about to go into something else. But I just wanted to say one thing, piggyback off of what you were saying about mm-hmm. Chun So Jin taking him away from Oh Yun Hui. She made herself miserable by doing that. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, I'm just, I'm just baffled because, like, she didn't even like him. I agree with you. She didn't even really like him. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she risked, she's, and she's been with this man for like 16, 17 years just to get back at this one lady. Yep. Because she's so insecure about the fact that she was better than her. And I'm just like, that is just so sad. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, because I'm just sitting here thinking, like, she did it to herself. Like, she made herself unhappy. And she drove herself into the crazy Churante's arms. Yep. Because she was so unhappy, but she did it to herself. Okay, I'm sorry. Go One ahead. more thing to say about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> What really, no, what, oh, what really, like, boiled my blood, set me on fire, was the fact <laughs> that Sojin and her, well, mainly Sojin, had the nerve, the nerve to say to this man, like, oh, you don't contribute anything to this family. Like, you don't even come from a rich family, so you're not really adding anything to this relationship. You chose him, girl. Exactly. You gave him that scholarship. You called your daddy and said, yep. give this man a scholarship, and I want to marry him. Like, yep. what? And then like, you turn what? around and want to talk about him. Yes! Like, what is wrong with you? The very like, things you already knew about him. Girl, exactly. bye. And it's crazy because her family just went was like, yeah, I don't know why you married this man. That's basically what they were saying. Like, why did you marry him? He he offers nothing. He's not that good of a doctor. Like, why? Like, why? And it's just like, why did you let her marry him? And then why did she marry him? Like, you were missing. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Like, it frustrates me so much. Like, if you're gonna make a decision, girl, stick with it. Don't. Don't stay here and try to berate him and make him feel smaller than he is because you chose him and you already knew what it was when you were getting yourself into it, but you wanted to be petty. Thank you. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to get that out. But going going into more of what his character is like, um, <laughs> and I think this is kind of fitting for my next comment because I was like, he was you. He was always used as a pawn in everyone's plan. And it was like, just like her plan to get back at at Yoon Hui, 
and and he was used in Dante's plan. He was used. He was even used in you plan too. So like, oh, that man. Ugh. Um. Anyway, <laughs> then also like, whenever he stood up for himself or tried to be intimidating, no one took him seriously. Like they looked at him was just like, okay, what you gonna do? yeah, like. Mm-mm you don't you don't have any position you don't have you don't have no weight or like there's nothing backing you you're just only here because you're Sojin's husband that's basically what (laughs) he was like you know people say like you know guys have the trophy wife like he was just the trophy husband like he really didn't contribute anything um and that being said his own daughter and his own wife did not respect this man okay because she would Mm -hmm. talk she loved uh, would love her dad but but had no respect for the man none at all none so i don't know i mean i understand why his character was there because he's really he's needed in a lot of key moments in in this drama but like golly like you could they could have given the man something a, a little just a smidge bit of power just to just, just a little something but he had nothing. <laughs> um, so okay, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about Yunshul? I think we said a lot. So okay. I don't think I don't have anything more to say. <laughs> okay. So moving on to Ha Nbyul, which is their daughter. Um, I felt really bad for her character. Um, I feel like she I feel like she was also kind of like when we first meet her, I feel like she was in between the phase of like still being nice and possibly turning mean and evil um but i think what really may have pushed her was that her mother placed a lot of pressure on her and i don't think she could handle the pressure that was being placed on her because you see even in some of them you i think you mentioned her messing up on the entrance the entrance audition or whatever Mm -hmm. um and they still let her in but you could tell she's always had problems with pressure and even there's another moment where I think they were trying to be the school ambassador or whatever um and so her mom had given her the script to begin with oh because God. it was supposed to be in English mm-hmm. but um Ro- Rona my girl I love her she <laughs> she was like um I heard someone practicing it so this is unfair and so they ended up changing the script back to Korean and Umbiel freaked out and she couldn't get herself together and that's her language like you you can easily <laughs> like you can easily read Korean but she just I feel like whenever there was a lot of pressure she couldn't take it because she knew she also had to be perfect for her mother because she was going to make her mother look bad and so yeah I just felt like there was just too much pressure on her and you I like throughout this entire series you could just slowly see her like starting to crack like just little by little and so yeah that's what I think about her character what do you think um yeah I agree I think the pressure um really got to her um Mm -hmm. especially towards the end um I mean because at at first in the beginning I thought she was going to be like the nice one because she was like nice to uh, um Sola and Mm -hmm. she was just she was a really nice like she's like a nice easygoing type of person and then all, and then all of a sudden she just well, it wasn't all of a sudden, but she turned into a bully, like everyone else, and it was probably because of the pressure that her mom placed on her to be perfect, to be the perfect soprano and the perfect daughter, and 
it was really disappointing how her character slowly deteriorated. Like, we see her just really, I don't know. She just, yeah, she just, her, like, she just mentally was just, like, not there to, by the end of the series. Um, and, yeah, I think it was definitely um, her mom's fault. Um, and, yeah. But, yeah, that's all it has. To, that's, that's all it has. To, that's, yeah, that's basically it. I just want to piggyback on one thing, though. Well, I don't really piggyback. I just have one last comment about this girl. She still decided to have crazy eyes. Through, <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it because <laughs> I think I was thinking in my head like she's scary, but yeah, um, she definitely has crazy eyes. And the way that she touched her hair, yeah, the way she, I'm not, I'm just doing. I'm, I'm but obviously people can't see me, but <laughs> I'm like the way that she touched her hair. It just it gave me. It was. It was made me scared. Yeah. Yeah. And the teeth. Something about her teeth when she smiled. I don't know. But she also had the crazy. See, she just had the crazy look. She had that crazy smile where it's not really a smile, but it looks like you're about to say, like you're smiling, but you're about to say something, but like it doesn't happen. And she just looked crazy. Like you don't want to mess with her. <laughs> she reminded me of like probably how her mother must have been in high school. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. Anyways, is that it? Yeah, that's all I was gonna okay. say. Okay. So moving on to the last family that we're gonna discuss, it's Oh Yoon Hui's family, and we're going to start with Yoon Hui. Um, Melissa, do you want to go first? I really liked her. Um, even though she. You know, we find out that she's the one who killed Mintola. I don't hate her. And I think because I don't hate her because she didn't, I mean, because she blacked out. You know, we find out, you know, she really, she honestly didn't, generally didn't remember for yeah. like the majority of the series. And she's, and she really was like a good mother. And she was just trying to do the best for her child. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate her. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way she acted after she found out that she herself killed Sola was a little questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was trying to figure out like what her motive was for joining hands with like Trudante. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like she was trying to. Well, I guess her motive was her motivation. I guess was like her, she didn't want to go to jail. She didn't yeah. want her daughter to think that. Or to know, well, I guess she didn't want her daughter to be known as, like, a murderer's daughter. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why she did a lot of questionable things after she remembered what had happened. Which is kind of sad. Um, but um, other than that, I, I still I still liked her. Um, and I, and I, but I did wish that she didn't let herself be used by so many people. Because so many people took advantage of her for their own gain which is actually very similar to how you troll so which kind of makes sense as to why they were like a couple in the beginning they have similar sort of kind of personalities i feel like like they're i feel like both of them are like kind of trusting people and mm-hmm. that's why i think that but like so many people use junkie for their own like personal gain or whatever their their own personal vendettas i guess which is kind of sad to see but overall i liked her um what about you i agree with you i i liked her character i actually really really liked her character um at first um 
you know, she she was a single mom, so she was just trying to be the best mom she could to support her daughter. Um, unfortunately, that ended up meaning that she was going to have to do drastic things. And I feel like this this switch came from the moment that she decided that she wanted to get Rona into um, the Chonga School of Arts and move into Hera Palace. So mm-hmm. I feel like her because of that and because of this this want she really let her values and judgment become skewed in that time Mm. and so that made me like her character less but it also like you mentioned like it I guess it also just showed how weak of a character she was at at that time but I guess she was just weak for her daughter to make like just to get it just I don't know I wish she was stronger in those moments and I wish that she could try her best to think five steps ahead but I think that also goes to show that because she's not from that life she may not have known how the rich operated because you know rich understand rich but she comes she's not from that life and so maybe she thought she could trust certain people just because she was trusting like you mentioned but I feel like slowly she starts to learn like oh you can't you can't trust everyone the only person you can trust is yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and well, of course she could um, trust her daughter, Rona, but that's it. And so, yeah, I just feel like her, everything, she shifted also by the end of this. And she was like really tainted by the life that mm. was happening in Hera Palace. So, yeah, that's how I felt about Yoon Hui. You have anything else to say? Um. No, I didn't think about the the shift that maybe her mindset or the fact that her goals changed. Mm-hmm. Um, that may, maybe that caused the shift, and that's what caused her to um, kill Sola. Um, her that motivation to get her daughter into the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely did see like how she um, living in Hera Palace and being around all those people definitely tainted her like view of life so okay that's all I have okay so the last character we're going to discuss is her daughter Beirona um I feel like she had a really good fighting spirit kind of like her mom like her mom kind of had a fighting spirit too but hers but Rona's was less desperate like she held firmly to her morals and mm-hmm. saying that I felt like she was like the moral pillar of this entire show mm-hmm. like I feel like if she wasn't there you wouldn't see such a big contrast between like for lack of a better way to say this like good and evil right and wrong because I feel like she always tried to do the right thing stand up for herself try, like you know stand up against people but yeah, I feel like she was really needed. And I, don't, I just really loved her character. I loved her character throughout the whole thing. So, yeah, I feel like she was she was really needed to um, keep this going. She Also, I feel like she was kind of like um, Min Sola in the beginning. Because she was sweet. I mean, Min Sola, although she lied and said that she was a tutor. But she, just, she needed money. She was by herself. She was an orphan. So, um, but I feel like she, she knew right from wrong. Like she was just a good kid, just trying to, you know, accomplish her dreams, which is kind of like what, um, Beirona was doing. So yeah, I just really liked, um, Rona's character. What about you, Melissa? 
Um, yeah, I I liked her character too. Um, mm-hmm. I felt so bad for her because all she wanted to do was sing, and then mm-hmm. she had to deal with all of the craziness with the kids from Harrow Palace, and and you know, and I liked the fact that she did you know stand up for herself, um, which just seemed like you said similar to like what her mom did. Um, uh, it, it was interesting that you said that she was like the moral compass, and I could see that. Um, because without her, it would just be a bunch of evil people, mm-hmm. basically. Because the only other good, good per- the only other good person, well, there was Su Rian. She was a good person, oh, but she was true. like an adult. But she's an adult, and but I feel like in terms of the kids, there wasn't really anyone in the kids like spectrum or like either kids characters who was like truly just like a good person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where Rona came in. So I agree with you on that. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on into the next part, we're going to talk about some of the worst scenes and favorite scenes. So we're going to start with the scenes that we thought were the worst or that we didn't like. So let's go ahead. <sighs> okay, I had a lot. Um <laughs> Maybe I'll try and um. So I just like okay. So for me, I think the bullying of Minsola in general it just yeah. I really, I really, it really just annoyed me, and it just really made me feel uncomfortable. Um, just in general. So like the part when they were in the junkyard and the kids had pushed her into the pool after she. Well, wait, no, that's two separate scenes. <laughs> One when she was in the junkyard and they were bullying her. And then there was also another scene where the kids had pushed her into the pool after finding out that she was the one who got into the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, it, and cause I don't even remember that they showed this part. Like, I remember they showed the fire, but I don't remember them showing them running away from the car. But in the later episode, we found out that we find out that they actually left, like all of them left her in the car with that burning um I don't know if it was a burning cake or something. I know it was burning inside the car. And, like, they left her to basically die. Mm-hmm. Like, if she hadn't knocked herself out of that, the, through the window of the car, she would have died. And that just made me, like, oh, my God, my heart just, like, hurt. Because I was like, wow, she could have died then there. But I guess that was also foreshadowing, like, she was going to die anyways. Yeah. Which is sad, but... um. And then the other scenes, I don't feel like my scenes are kind of, they're not, they're not in chronological order, but really, but um, I, the other scene that I didn't, it really pissed me off, actually, when the vocal teacher had tricked Rona with the songs for the entrance exam, because like, because it was just so sad because no one else, because at this point she had her, Rona and her mom had been blacklisted from like the, I don't know, vocal lessons list of I don't know, potential students, I guess, because um, of Chunsojin. And mm-hmm. um, and so when the teacher came and said, you know, I can help her out, I was like, oh, thank goodness there's some good people left in this in this world. And we've come to find out that he tricked her. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, they really can't depend on anyone other than themselves. And they really can't trust anyone. And they're in, everyone is going to be out to get her. That's to get so them. Sad. Yeah. Um, and then there are so many. Okay, so I was gonna pick like two for the my last because I have like a lot. But um, other one that I really didn't like when Jenny 
um, Jenny, I think they say her name, had falsely accused Rona of drugging her drink. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I think maybe like the first or second episode. If it just really stuck with me throughout the whole series, but I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, like they really, so basically they drug. So she accused her of drugging her drink. Um, and the school immediately placed her before the school committee and they were going to kick this, this girl out after hearing one side of the story. And I feel like it was all because Jenny and her mom were on the, were like the wealthy ones and they had contributed all this money and resources to the school. And it just made me so upset. Cause it's like, wow, just because they're wealthy and you're only going to listen to her side of the story. Like, are there no CCTV cameras? I can't remember if they, if there were any or if they were broken or what had happened, but I mean, bottom line is they're going to kick this girl out over something that she didn't do. And it just made me piss. Cause I was just like, it's just unfair. Like, I don't know. Just the unfairness just made me upset. <sighs> okay, and then the last one that I guess I will... Okay. Okay, so I would say any scene with, like, a lawyer, because you didn't really talk about the lawyer, but any scene with him was just cringy to me. Mm-hmm. And it just made me... And it just... It was clear. I felt like his character was an example of, like... Like, he was clearly, like, the product of what happens when you are incredibly spoiled as a child and you grow up with like wealth and like being able to do whatever you want to do. Cause I feel like out of all the, out of the, out of all the adult characters, I think he was the only one who literally grew up wealthy, like the male, at least for the men. Cause I think the women, yeah, there were like Chun So Jin was wealthy. Um, I can't remember. I don't know. Well, the other, his, the lawyer's wife, I don't think she, was wealthy i think she was i can't remember what she was well known for i think she was a news reporter i think she was a reporter or something they had mentioned at one point but he was the only one like on the male side that was actually like had come from money and he was so irritating Mm -hmm. and like there were points where i think he was like he was just irritating i don't know like the way that he acted toward his mother also was kind of cringy and it was kind of weird Mm-hmm. like the way that he would like put on shows for his mom to get money I'm like what <laughs> is this what is going on it was just strange um so I thought that was a scene that I didn't like because I just didn't like it I didn't like the relationship I didn't like him he was just annoying but yet he was still had like so much power like as like a top attorney at like a good law firm or whatever but it was all handed to him so it was I think that was, that's all. Yeah, those are the only ones that I think I wanted to highlight. Um, actually, there's one more, sorry, that I do want to talk about. When Yunpyo's mom had left her in the room where Sola was tortured, mm-hmm. I hated that scene so much. I hated it because I'm just sitting here thinking, like, why did she traumatize this girl so much? Like, after knowing everything that she had went through with Sola, and she was already she she was already starting to crack from thinking that she I think she thought that she had killed Sola at one point, mm-hmm. and so bringing her back to that room and forcing her and closing the door on her and forcing her to sing this song I can't remember what song it was I don't remember if it was Perona's song or if it was Sola's song but someone's song but I'm just sitting here thinking like this girl is going to go crazy. Like, why would you do that? Like, she needs help. She needs to talk to somebody. 
But anyways, I think those are the ones that I like to highlight. And yeah. Um, I agree that 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 one, I was like, oh, Sojin's really crazy. Like she is crazy, crazy. But um Umbiel sung the song though. Like <laughs> she sung it. She, she did. It out. She didn't have a choice. That is true. Um but for me, um, you mentioned some of the scenes that I didn't like, but two I want to add um are the the part where um we find out how Minsola died. Um I thought first like I I knew for sure that it was gonna be um Sojin or Dante that did it because they were the ones that were torturing her. But come to find out it was Yunli, like you mentioned, and I was just sitting here thinking like there's no way like she was so nice to her but we find out that she was like blackout drunk and I don't I'm not saying that like someone being blackout drunk like makes anything okay but I guess it just goes to show like how like your true intentions your true feelings your wants or like that like that innate need to do something um kind of comes out when all your I guess your your reasoning is gone when you're drunk and so I mean she just she just straight up pushed her over and it was and I think that scene was really heartbreaking for me because so I trusted her so much and she was like oh thank you for saving me oh my gosh thank you and then here she comes attacking her and just she just goes over the side of the building so um yeah that I did not like that at all um, and then the second scene I want to mention is when we found out that Suryon um, wrote a character statement for Yoonhui, even knowing that she was the one that killed her child, um, Minsola. And I just felt like, wow, she was really nice. And I think when she explained it, um, she had mentioned like, like her being a good person or like she, I don't know how to feel, like she understood that you know, Yoonhui wouldn't have done it maybe if she wasn't drunk. Like, it wasn't like she had, like, a really true ill intention towards her child. So, I don't know. It just, it was just really heartbreaking because, because that would have helped her get out of jail. Um, But, yeah, that's, that's all I have for favorite scenes. I mean, not favorite scenes, worst scenes, but we're going to be moving on to favorite scenes. But do you have anything to add before we move on? Um, no, just, I, I just wanted to say that I agree with you about the when we find out that it was Yunhui who had killed Sola. That was that was that was kind of heartbreaking, I will say, mm-hmm. um, and the way that she did it. But that's that's all I want to say. That I agree with you about that. Okay, so then moving on to favorite scenes, Melissa. What what are some of your favorite scenes? Okay, well, I think I'll just highlight two because I had a few, um, but. The one that one that I really liked was when Su Ryeon um, had took up for Sola when Sokyung, <laughs> so many names, has Sokyung had accused her of stealing her keychain. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that she wasn't fooled at all by um, Sokyung um, because, and I like that she had throughout the series. I felt like she tried to teach her children how to be like decent human beings and how to take accountability for their actions, which is something that I didn't see from really any of the other parents aside mm-hmm. from like uh, Yunhui and Rona. Um, 
but like I guess I'm thinking of the the main like parents who lived in Hera Palace like they just kind of they let their kids just do whatever and just cover it up for them if needed um but Suryam did not play that at all and I really appreciated that and I thought it was sad actually when later on um we find out that they're not her biological children people like oh yeah that's why so and so and so I can't remember what it says (laughs) specifically but like they were just like saying like oh that's why she doesn't seem I don't know almost like like they were saying that she didn't seem like a real mother or whatever because she's not their she wasn't their biological mother but yet she's a more of a mother to them than you are to your own child and they are your biological children so I mean your point is like moot I mean is that the word moot like <laughs> anyways so it's a boom point yeah I think that's how you say it um but I really like that part um and the other one that so I also really like this it's kind of a short like scene it's not really like a didn't really have like a big like I don't know what's the word didn't have like a big impact really on the story but I really liked when Rona so Rona's voice teacher um, or vocal teacher had given her like a really difficult song to sing and apparently it was like a song that even the most experienced experimentals had difficulty singing and you had to like have like a certain be at a certain level or whatever and she just killed it And because I think it was I think they were competing for the soprano part of or soprano song or something for mm-hmm. um, a concert um, and uh and she was like, and he was like, you know, if you sing this song, then you could get the part. Um, and she sang, and everyone was so shocked. And I just remember thinking, I think I liked it because it was like they all like underestimated how talented she was and like how much like tenacity she has. And, um, and she just showed them. I just really liked that. I don't know. I just liked whenever yeah. she was like, yeah, you thought I couldn't do it, but I did. And now what? And so I just, I just really liked that. So. That's all. Those are the only two that I wanted to talk about. What about you? Or yeah. Um. So kind of just talking about the one you were just about. I I love how. Rona, like she she reminds me of her mom because her mom can hit hit notes as well, and so it's just funny just to see how just naturally talented she is. Because she didn't have a lot of training. She mainly trained on her own. Mm-hmm. So um, and her mom didn't help her because her mom didn't sing anymore. So it's just crazy just how naturally talented these other rich kids had to be trained to even get to the point that they were at. And so, yeah, I like that was just a scene in itself. I loved it. Um, but I have a few scenes, um, so I will go through them. The first one I want to talk about is when Sokun um, doesn't believe his sister didn't put the cigarettes into Bayrona's bag. And I feel like this at this point, there was like a major change where we see him to start, where he starts to think like, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I should start thinking about my thing about myself. And you see his loyalty kind of shift from his sister and kind of standing up for Bayrona at that moment. Because him and his sister were supposed to have this like crazy strong bond. Like nothing was supposed to become like between them. But here this incident happens and he's like I know you did it she didn't do it it was unreal but like just 
just him not even believing that his sister because his sister was like no I didn't do it and he didn't believe her and so I don't know first I just really liked it because like he was such like this hard character like and everybody listened to him like out of everyone out of all the bad like he was the one that everyone listened to and so to see this shift in him was just like completely amazing to me um the second scene was where um the part where Shimsu Ryun um, and Logan got back at the kids and the parents where they locked the parents up into the bus and was like, oh, there's a bomb that's going to go off. And like the fire was everywhere. And like it was it was exactly what you mentioned, Melissa, was in the beginning where Sola was in the junkyard in the car was on like she could have died. Like you mentioned, she could have died. And so to have them feel what their children did to Sola in that moment was just crazy for me but I mean I know they did this just to get some sort of confession but the person that killed her wasn't there and so they got real confessions from they were like it wasn't us like we don't know what you're talking about so yeah so that was one of my favorite and then the last one this I wouldn't really say it was like oh my favorite scene I really loved it but it was one of my favorite like oh my gosh moment scenes um this is when we find out that Dante killed um, Suvian's fiance in the United States because he didn't want her to be with anyone but him or or couldn't take the fact that he was being rejected. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so crazy because he came in there like guns blazing, like trying to get his woman back, which wasn't really his woman now. But um. And I think what really got me was, like, she was pregnant and all, and she ended up fainting because, like, everything was just too much. And Dante, being a sicko, kept the fiancé's finger, and he kept it in his office, like, to like to the day. And it was just so crazy. Like, I don't know. To me, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this man is, like, crazy. Like, he's been like this his entire life. Like, he, he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't say it's like, oh my god, this is my favorite scene, but like it really made me go, oh, oh my gosh. So yeah. So do you have anything else to say about favorite scenes? Um, I have something to say about the oh the oh my gosh one moment. Okay, one. go because ahead. I think that was the first time that I realized that he was actually capable of murder. Mm-hmm. And because I don't think I in in murder like like himself murdering somebody because I felt like he was capable of like hiring people to maybe murder someone else but that's why I know that he was like ruthless like like you said he went in there guns blazing like himself uh, to kill him and then he had the nerve to turn around and again put on a face uh, a facade that you know that he like 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 what was it I can't remember how he got her to to marry him or to like what did he say I don't know what he said to her. Yeah, I can't but... remember what he said, but girl, like, I agree with you. I know where you're going with this. I agree. <laughs> yeah, like I, so somehow he put on a facade and made and somehow Surion and him ended up getting married and raising his two twin children with her. And I just feel like that whole like situation is just crazy. And the fact that he kept the man's finger as a souvenir is insane. Crazy. But anyways, yeah. That's all I was going to say. Okay. Well, then we're going to move into our overall thoughts. What are your overall thoughts, Melissa? 
I'm coming from Floss. I really love this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just coming. Sorry, this is just an odd transition from talking about Judante. Yeah. Somebody. <laughs> so I love this show. But I do love this show. I love that how everyone was so evil. And I feel like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone, yeah, basically, everyone has like, everyone has like, not everyone is evil, but there's so much like evilness and like so much like backstabbing. And like so many like secret like vendettas, and, and so many like there's just so many things going on that it always keeps you on the edge of your seat. And I feel like no one's story arc so far has seemed had seemed unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they all had like a part to play, um, in the sense that they were all sort of connected. Well, they all were connected to Solas death. Um, all of the characters and generally they all had very interesting internal storylines um just like within like like you know Chonso Jin has her own thing and then Yunui has her own like things going on with her anyways um because that really didn't I didn't really say anything um there but um <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> that the end itself was very dramatic and had a lot of cliffhangers because it definitely made you want to see season two because mm-hmm. you really want to know is Yunhui dead is she actually dead or is she not and then in the previews we also saw that you know someone looks like uh, Su Ryan and so but but at the end of one yeah, the end of one, we see that she's um that Chudante killed her. Mm-hmm. So is she dead? Or is she not dead? Why is there someone who looks like her in in the in the preview for the next season? So we have all these questions, and it's just amazing. And like I can see, okay, so I do remember I I had seen some people saying online that you know oh, they couldn't take it anymore like after like episode six or whatever because these kids. And I mean, honestly, I feel like it's like a lot of the things that the people say in the drama especially like the rich people like oh when they're like i think right after sola died they're like oh the price of the 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 housing price of our or the value sorry the value of hera palace is gonna go down now and i'm just sitting here and you're sitting here thinking like are you serious right now like a girl like died like died on top of the statue and you're just thinking and you're thinking about housing prices like how how evil can you be to have that thought in your head mm-hmm. and why was their first and their first instinct was to clean up the blood and not to call 911 or I guess in their case what is it 119 mm-hmm. for them or to call the authorities but to clean it up and then they're adamantly saying you know it wasn't us or you know we had no parts and like and it's like it was all for the kids like it's just insane so I could see why people would want to stop this watching this show like in the middle because it's, you're just because a lot of the things that the parents are saying, you're just like, this is like unbelievable, which is supposed to be unbelievable. It's a drama, <laughs> but it's not supposed to be like, you know, real. But like, but also, I also feel like this is kind of like, I feel like I'm saying a lot. So sorry. But I also feel like it's, it's this is almost, oh, because I remember thinking like, is this like what rich people, like insanely, insanely rich people are kind of like in real life? Like maybe they're not murdering people here and there. You know, blatantly. Yeah, as far as we know, we don't know. (laughs) As far as we know, but I mean, I feel like they had. I feel like they. Some rich people must have this mindset 
where it's like I'm so rich like I can get away with doing whatever I want and I just find it interesting that there's like people that are out there in this world that are like that like they really think that they are so rich that they can do whatever that money solves all problems mm-hmm. and I don't know I just I love this show I was just like wow and, and I don't know I just I, I was on the 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 seat of my on the the edge of my seat that's all I have to say I just want to piggyback on a few things that you said the quote about um the property value going down people have said that like actual people have said that like, if there's hmm. crime in your area or whatever people say oh the property value will go down because nobody wants to live here and I do think it is absolutely sickening and crazy that that would be something that you say when someone has such a tragic death like she did like it wasn't like oh she choked on something and she died in her apartment it wasn't something like that it was like this this girl this girl who's a middle schooler a middle schooler you guys fell from I think it was like the 49th floor or the 45th floor it was something it was something high like that or 50th floor it was high fell from there fell through glass and landed on a statue like you mentioned and so it's like this isn't this isn't like a simple case that occurred like clearly it's murder so I think that was crazy and then like I like listening to true crime so when you were talking about rich people murdering and I know I said as far as we know but now that I think about it there have been like people that were rich that did murder people and yes. so and they just they they felt in their heart in their entire soul that they would not get in trouble for doing that and so I don't know I feel like this show might have pulled from little bits of life but of course it's mm. extremely dramatized but like I agree like I can understand why somebody wouldn't watch it but if you were one of those people that stopped in the middle yeah, watch it keep watching it because <laughs> you won't be disappointed um but moving on to my overall thoughts um I agree I love this show so much and I normally don't like a lot of shows that are about rich and wealthy doing crazy things but this time this one was good um also I love how um the characters were written in this show they have great character development whether that be positive or negative but it's still really good um as we mentioned we talked about like all the characters and how we felt like they've changed or didn't change or whatever so great characters um I would also say I agree that none of the side stories felt unnecessary. They only helped perpetuate the story. I was just like, because like normally, <laughs> normally when we watch dramas, like I feel like we're like, why is this side story necessary? Like, why is this happening? Like, do do we really need this person? Like, I feel like there was one drama that we watched where we were like, is this character even necessary? But I can't remember which one it was. But I feel like we might, I don't know if we discussed it here on the podcast or like if it wasn't like offline or in a personal life, but. I feel like there's been times where like, why? Why is this person here? And so I I love that the side stories were meaningful and necessary. I feel like I said that before, but whatever. Um, and finally, I just want to end it with this is that I knew I knew in my whole soul that this was a good drama because I wasn't skipping through any of the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys, 
I am infamous, infamous for skipping through scenes where I feel like either it's getting too boring or I just like already get the gist of it. Like if it's like a business deal going down or whatever. But this one, I was like, I can't skip it. I got to know there's I'm going to miss something. Like I have to know each piece because I know that later on this one little key detail is going to come back and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, because there's a lot of mind blowing moments where you're like, oh, that was a setup for this. Oh, this happened because of this. And so, yeah, I mean, I know a drama is good when I don't skip through it. So <laughs> that's all. Like, I really think you guys should. I mean, if you got to the end of this and you still want to watch this, I say you listen to it. Um, so, yeah, that's not listen to it. Watch it because you watch dramas. But, um, yeah, that's all I had to say. It was a lot, but I had, that's all I had to say. Okay, well, we have come to the end of today's episode. Let us know what you thought about the first season of Penthouse. Which characters did you enjoy the most? You can chat with us on Twitter. The link is in the description. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.